Hello, music teacher friends, and welcome back to episode 39 of the Beyond Measure podcast. (laughs) My name is Christina Whitlock, here for you always as your anytime piano teacher friend. And I'm laughing just because for those of you who are listening in like actual time, you might know that I am back with you today after a whopping three week break. (laughs) I told you to miss me while I was gone. So the big question is, did you? Well, with all the sincerity in my heart, I absolutely missed you, which is kind of funny because, of course, like, I don't get any actual conversation back from you when I'm doing this, (laughs) but I know you're there. (laughs) But anyway, it's been a really wild three weeks. (laughs) I mean, I think the end of July and beginning of August is always kind of a wild time in music teacher land, (laughs) but it was really great. So over those three weeks, I wasn't teaching, I wasn't podcasting, and it was just such a wonderful reminder that even when we don't think that we need time off, even when we know that we could keep doing everything that we're doing, we do need it my friends. I can't tell you enough to schedule your breaks and hold them like as sacred. I could probably actually teach lessons every day. I mean, I love it enough. I could technically do it. But you know what? I am so much better when I take regular time off. So, I don't know, why not talk about one of our very least favorite things in the music teaching community today, huh? (laughs) Let's talk about the universal truth of our profession that nobody really likes to talk about. And that is the fact that sometimes students quit. (laughs) And sometimes they do so, like, far sooner than we would like to see. Let me back up. Years ago, when I first started feeling compelled to speak to other groups of music teachers, I asked myself what my niche was going to be, as in what was I most successful with in my studio? So, you know, what could I claim as my strength? Well, the very first thing to come to mind And a definite theme in pretty much every session I ever present is retention. For a long time now, I have kept an incredibly strong record of student retention. So, side note, do you calculate your student retention rates at the start of a new year? I would strongly encourage you to do so. First of all, you can use it in some great marketing ploys, but you can also um, use it just for your own knowledge. So how many of your students who finished lessons with you last spring are back again with you this fall? It's not just a numbers game. Like it doesn't matter if you've signed on 10 new students this fall. We're here looking at specific students who choose to continue versus those who do not. 
So anyway, for many, many years now, when I compare my roster from the end of the spring term and beginning of the following term, and I'm talking for at least a decade or more, my student retention has never dropped below 94%. And I happen to think that's really great. I'm actually really proud of that. (laughs) Typically, once a student finds me, they will stay with me until they move somewhere, usually off to college. I have had many years where that retention rate is actually right at 100%, um, and I just count it such a blessing. But guess what? This year, (laughs) after fielding some very unexpected drops just before contracts were due, I dropped to 88%. 88% which, because I'm a math genius, means that I lost 12% of my students this fall. So, for the record, I still think it's a pretty healthy number. However, noticing that I have hit my lowest point of student retention since, well, since I ever started calculating those numbers, well, that does not feel good. So, I mean, I filled the spots and then some. So, it's not a business problem, but again, retention matters to me. It's kind of my thing. It's one of my pride and joys of my work. And again, I think 88% is still fairly solid, but I've just got to confess that saying goodbye to multiple long-term students before I'm ready to do so, well, that does not feel good. (laughs) I'm sure you've been there, right? When a student or their parent tells you they're not going to continue this year or that they're quitting mid-semester or whatever the case may be, I'm curious, like, what is your initial reaction? (laughs) Well, if you're like me, you take it incredibly personally and most of the time you have yourself a good cry. (laughs) Just being honest here. (laughs) But... I've also been around enough teachers to know that reactions can actually spiral out in several different directions. (laughs) Some teachers get sad. Some get offended. Others can get downright angry. (laughs) Some express their disappointment. (laughs) Some try very hard to persuade their students to stay, to tell them that they're making the wrong choice. Some of us react in the most passive-aggressive ways we can get away with. (laughs) Some panic, some get silent, but we almost always seem to take it personally on some level. Am I right? (laughs) I know that we often ask ourselves, you know, what could we have done to stop them from quitting? (laughs) We second-guess our repertoire choices, our policies, the way we communicate, And I mean, it's really good to pay attention to those things so they don't prove to be problematic in the long run. But actually, I'm going to take a somewhat controversial stance today. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you that, you know what? Sometimes students quit. (laughs) And as much as we hate it, it's actually okay for them to do so. Here's the deal. Any of us who have been teaching for any amount of time already know this, that students who excel in music also tend to excel in lots of things. They're often great academic students. They often love sports and extracurriculars. 
Many times they're coming from families who are very involved in their communities and very committed to having time together. And while, of course, we all kind of pat ourselves on the back and take credit for the correlations between their many successes and their music study, (laughs) I mean, clearly we are a strong contributing factor there, right? (laughs) But students with lots of interests and lots of potential in many areas always hit a point where they have to make a choice. I'd be very willing to bet that you feel the same way, right? I know some of you grew up eating and breathing and sleeping music, but I think for lots of us, we could have excelled in any number of areas. Along the way, we have had to make decisions on what to pursue and what to put on hold. You know, what warrants more of our attention and what has lived out its season in our life. Now, obviously, we chose music, right? (laughs) Perhaps we let other passions fall away so that we could pursue our music more intently. Or, I don't know, perhaps we did continue on working our tails off trying to balance it all, and all the while driving our teachers completely crazy, wishing we would go ahead and focus on something already. (laughs) But either way, the process of growing up is generally one of deciding what to pursue and what to leave behind. And of course, as music teachers, when our students make that unfortunate decision to focus on other things, well, it stings. Actually, it can completely gut us sometimes. Am I right? (laughs) Why do you think that is? Do you think it makes us feel like we have invested in nothing? Well, that's certainly not true. Our students are all better humans for the time that they spend in their lessons and at their instruments. So whether they're with you for six months or 16 years, your investment in them is never for nothing. It's never wasted. So do you think we feel insulted or undervalued when students leave? One of my core beliefs about the teaching profession is... (laughs) Sad as this may seem, our students are generally a bigger part of our lives than we are of theirs, at least in the moment. I mean, perspective is everything, right? And students will often come to realize the weight of our impact on them as they grow into adulthood. They may know we're important while they're with us, but music lessons are only one component of their very, very complex lives outside of our studios. I don't know, maybe it's the fact that a student's exit is related to our finances. Well, in that case, I beg you to go back and listen to episode 37, like pronto, (laughs) that's titled Cheers to Money Talk, and that serves as your reminder that your studio family's relationship with money has absolutely nothing to do with you and everything to do with the culmination of their own past experiences and priorities. Okay, so we have covered potential feelings of insult or feeling undervalued or wasted investment, (laughs) but now let's actually tackle the one that I think grieves us the most. That would be 
unrealized potential. Am I right? As people, that's us, who spend massive amounts of time trying to bring our students into like the very, very best version of their musical selves, aren't we often just so disappointed when they decide to take a break before they've reached like their full potential? (laughs) Well, friends, I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling salty today. (laughs) But here's the thing about that quote unquote full potential. (laughs) How many of our students actually ever reach their full potential? (laughs) For that matter, how many of us have ever reached our fullest potential? What is that even? (laughs) Frankly, pretty much every student I've ever worked with could do more than they ever accomplished musically. (laughs) Because there's pretty much always more that we can learn and accomplish, right? But here's the real deal. In the end, did you create a lesson experience that enabled your student to feel successful and feel like an actual musician? (laughs) Have you given them an experience that is going to allow them to reflect positively on their musical experiences later in life? Have you equipped them with skills that they can continue to grow and develop on their own in the years to come? Well, if the answers to these questions are yes, then I'll say, hey, job well done, my friend. (laughs) Now, Make no mistake about it, this is all coming from the girl who cries a lot at pretty much any student exit. (laughs) I attach myself very quickly to any student who finds their way onto my roster. My students are instantly some of my favorite people on this planet, (laughs) but I guess because I adore them so much, it's also okay when they make the choice to invest in greater passions. I mentioned earlier that I have had some very, very unexpected drops this year from some very talented, very dedicated students. You know, families who love me, students who have been incredibly successful, and kids who genuinely love playing the piano. In all honesty, if I'm being really truthful here, in multiple cases, These kids are actually already equipped to go out and do anything that they're realistically going to want to do in their lives with this instrument. And I can sleep well tonight knowing that that's the case. (laughs) But, of course, these are all students who did have so much more in them. And, honestly, I do expect at least one or two of them to find their way back to me. But truly, as musicians, as human beings, as positive contributors to society, I could not be any prouder of any of these students that left this year. And I do 100% take some of the credit for the successes they are finding. (laughs) So friends, here's the thing. If a student tells you that they are leaving feel all the feelings. You are invested. You are entitled to feel whatever you feel (laughs) because these decisions do have big impacts sometimes on our hearts and on our wallets, (laughs) which, you know, both of those aspects matter big time. (laughs) But 
I will beg you today, I mean absolutely beg you, (laughs) to consider how you are responding to your students and to their families if you get this kind of news. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but the end of an experience often plays a really huge part on how we remember that experience. I mean, it happens with relationships all the time, right? (laughs) I don't want to be morbid or anything. Um, And it's not that this is right, but think for a second of a loved one who is no longer with us on this earth. Don't we often find ourselves thinking of the circumstance that led to their departure first? You know, if you think of a past relationship that maybe went sour, don't you tend to think about the way and the reasons it ended first? For the record, this is not the healthiest approach to life, and we should all work on that. But since it is often the case, we would all do well to consider our reactions when students announce their departures. The next time a student tells you that they're going to take a break, or whatever it may be, take a deep breath. (laughs) You know, feel your feelings. Remember that in 99% of these cases, this was not an easy decision for the family to make. There have likely been multiple conversations taking place, and probably some tears and some hefty concerns over not wanting to disappoint you, their beloved music teacher. (laughs) So instead of heaping on the guilt, try this. Try reminding them how proud of them you are, how much you have loved your time together, and how it just won't be the same without them. You know, you can tell a sweet story from when they were younger, um, or Remember a time when they left the audience speechless with an exceptionally terrific performance? (laughs) You can let them know that you realize this wasn't easy for them to tell you, that you don't take it personally, that you're not disappointed in them. (laughs) And by the way, you will almost always see a physical sigh of relief when you tell them that you could never be disappointed in them. You know, tell your students that You will always be one of their top cheerleaders, whether they're on your bench or in your studio or not. (laughs) Celebrate your students for their accomplishments, praise them for their discernment, and then, by the way, celebrate yourself (laughs) for what you have brought to their life because it is a gift. And maybe also pat yourself on the back for how impressively mature you are handling this all so well. (laughs) And because you are so impressively mature, (laughs) I have a toast to offer up for you. (laughs) Music teacher friends of the world, today we are honoring all the feelings we have as teachers. (laughs) We think of those students who have made us the teachers that we are today, you know, those who have come into their musicianship naturally as well as those who make us work so hard. And of course, those are the ones who actually make us better teachers anyway, right? Today, we give ourselves the space to grieve the emptiness we feel when students leave our studios sooner than we would like. 
yet we also celebrate the place that we have held in their own lives. And maybe we make a note of our gratitude for being in a position to show these students new parts of themselves, which without us may have gone undiscovered. See, we're pretty great. (laughs) Cheers to you, my very dedicated, very awesome teacher friends. (laughs) Hear, hear. Okay, that's it for episode 39. (laughs) So before we go, I'll just tell you, don't be shy. Uh, Like and follow and subscribe and do all those things. Um, You can find me at Beyond Measure Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, and you can always send me an email at beyondmeasurepodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. So I will be back with you next Monday, my friends. And until then... Let's all just work hard, rest well, and yeah, be nice. (laughs) Thank you so much.